This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Wages again. I'm sorry. Me. I bet you're sorry. Okay, I'm going to take a walk and think about racism. That's actually what I said. I didn't yell it, but I didn't say it into my chest either. Hello and welcome to a quick bonus episode of Range. I'm Amy Westervelt. And I'm Julia Ritchie. You just heard from comedian W. Kamau Bell in the intro. That incident he's talking about happened on his birthday last year in Berkeley. It sparked a huge conversation about race and progressive politics that's still going on today. We'll get into more detail on that in a second, but first some background. I actually knew Kamau way back when... Before he was famous, <laughs> he worked with my college boyfriend at a bookstore in Berkeley and at that time was just starting to get into comedy. I, I don't think I've ever told him this before, but I sort of credit him with making me believe it was possible to make a living doing something creative. He had just decided that he was going to like quit his day job and go and do comedy for real. And we were at dinner and he was talking about it. And he said, you know, I need to get rid of the safety net. No more day jobs. I'm going to do this comedy thing and make it work. And everyone kind of thought he was crazy, but he did it. He made it work. That's awesome. And I love stories like that. So fast forward 15 years and Kamau is pretty, pretty well known now. He had a show on FX a couple years ago produced by Chris Rock called Totally Biased and his new CNN show United Shades of America is launching in April. Exactly. So last year, Kamau's wife, Melissa, wanted to take him out on his birthday for breakfast to her favorite spot, the Elmwood Cafe in Berkeley. And so they went, they had breakfast, and he took off to do some work. She went home, um, but then she came back later to meet up with some friends of hers, and Kamau stopped by on his way home to say hi. So that's when this whole Elmwood incident happened. They were at an outside table, and he just kind of stopped on his way home and started talking to them. And then this waitress from the cafe started rapping on the window and, and was like, scram, and kind of gave him this horrible look. And he was just like, what the hell? And his wife had like heard the knocking on the window and thought that it was like a fan that had recognized him. <laughs> but then this waitress comes outside to like deliver her message in person. And that's when she realizes, oh, you know, actually this guy is not some random dude who's just stopped to harass these women. He's like with them. Um, Melissa called her on it, was like, this is my husband. And like, you're being racist. And the woman was like, oh, it has nothing to do with race. And, you know, Kamau was like, yeah, I think it does. Whoa. Really? Yeah, it was pretty bad. So anyway, there was some back and forth. Kamau kind of wrote this blog about it. It kicked off a lot of discussion. Eventually, the the Elmwood Cafe owner contacted him, and they agreed to set up a big panel discussion to kind of get everyone together and talk about it. Um, that was almost exactly a year ago. So I gave Kamau a call last week to find out what's happened since then and whether there was any kind of lasting impact. When it happened, we were like in dead in the center of Black Lives Matter. And I just felt like we don't need to put resources into boycotting the Elmwood Cafe or to hashtagging the Elmwood Cafe. You know what I mean? I think this is totally offensive what they did to me. And I also recognize that if they're doing it to me, they're doing it to lots of people. So they need to stop doing it. 
and also ran into or heard from a lot of people online, people of color, black people mostly, but said like, yeah, I've lived in the Bay Area my whole life, and I I don't go to that section in Berkeley. I don't hang out over there because of these things and da da da. And I was like, and I don't think most white people, good-hearted white people, walking on the Bay Area even know that. And the reason why I think we decided to have a meeting is because we, like me and Melissa talked about, we moved out here on purpose because we wanted to raise our kids in a progressive, inclusive environment. And if it's not that way, then we need to do something to make it more progressive and inclusive. You know, Amy, I thought he was going to say, if it's not that, then we need to leave. That's how I would feel about it. But I also have a really strong flight response. Totally. But he's pretty committed to doing something about it, which is, is admirable, I think. Beyond just hosting that panel, he's he kind of got a little bit of crap from people when he first did the discussion that, oh, okay, now you guys have talked about it. So racism is solved. <laughs> but he's like very committed to continuing to work on the issue. Here's Kamau again. It was a good discussion, but like I think the problem with those things, and I knew this going in, but I had hopes that the owner of the Owen Cafe uh, had, had intention to make more of it than just a panel. Uh, I believed him that he was. So I thought, first of all, I think we should do this once a month. Like, this should be, this should be like a once a month community bloodletting on racism in the Bay Area and sexism and, and homophobia. Like, there's all these things exist out here, but we don't talk about them. So, first of all, I feel like it's not a once and then it's over thing. I was. I naively believed that the owner of the Oma Cafe was going to stick to his words and do more with it, which he has not. So now that leaves the ball back in my court to figure out, well, what are you going to do now, Kamal? (laughs) As a person of color, why is the ball always back in my court? Uh, But that's how it works. That blows. But yeah, I think that kind of stuff happens all the time, unfortunately. Yeah, that cafe got a lot of bad press around the time that this all happened, but it really didn't seem to affect their business. So it kind of seems like the guy just dropped the ball. I feel bad. He had a, I feel bad for him to not recognize he had an opportunity to come out looking great, and now he comes out looking like every white guy from every movie about racism. And it's like he, and he doesn't realize that probably because his business went back to normal. I mean, it's hard part. Black people can't boycott the only cafe because we weren't really going there anyway. And white people who are saying, I'm not going back, well, maybe you're not. But it's also like, it's just, it's a, I, I've been past it many times. It's a thriving, and it lines up the door still. So he got his business back. He stopped answering emails. And I feel bad. It's like, you said, you're just being every white guy from every after-school special about racism. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. One of the things the Elmwood incident really brought to light was just how uncomfortable the topic of race is with a lot of white progressives. Yeah, being from the South, it's a very uncomfortable topic to begin with and one that is usually avoided, even though it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And even out here during this election cycle, I've covered a few Bernie Sanders rallies where he gets questioned on uh, criminal justice and incarceration reforms and things like that. And it's always uncomfortable for the audience. You know, there's this hush that goes over. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just glad it's being addressed. But yeah, it's not a it's not an easy topic for a lot of people and especially, like you say, white progressives. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Here's Kamau on that. Like, 
whiteness is something that white people are allowed to hide from. <laughs> Again, because I live in the Bay Area, if you guys are going to be like, yes, gay people should be able to be married, and yes, trans people should be able to go to any bathroom they want to go to, and yes, America's original sin, racism will be like, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> In case you had a hard time hearing that, I know the phone is not the best recording device. What he said there was, you know, living in the Bay Area, a few people are going to be like, gay people should be allowed to get married and trans people should be allowed to go to any bathroom they want to. But then America's original sin, racism, you're like, uh, I don't want to talk about that. That's interesting. So does he see that as a super Bay Area thing or a general white progressive thing? A little bit of both. Here's his take on it at the national scale, and he gets into the Bernie thing, too. Well, the, the shorthand for those people are Bernie Sanders supporters. <laughs> and I'm not anti-Bernie Sanders. I have friends who are gonna who support Bernie Sanders. I don't know that I, that in a vacuum I don't support Bernie Sanders, but I also feel like I'm allowed to push him to be have uh, to talk about race and racism better than he does. I'm allowed to do that, but they can't. Like they can't see, they don't want to see any fault in their plan. Because if they're, because if he's not good enough, then what does that make me? And I think that's why they push back so hard. Because it's like, I, I, I feel better about myself because I support Bernie. That makes me feel like I'm a good person. And so I feel like, look, I've been there, white people. The, this is your white, this is white Obama for you guys. I get it. We went through the same thing with him. <laughs> you could have told me anything negative about Obama in 2007, 2008. But by 2009, I was prepared to hear something. You know what I mean? And. And so I feel like I'm just like, just, I hope you get, I think you'll get there eventually, but it's my job to sort of, to ring the bell as people run for me and go, no, this, you can't be mostly progressive to be progressive, you know. Totally. That makes me wonder, did he get any criticism over the Elmwood Cafe stuff? Like people accusing him of overreacting or misinterpreting the situation? Not a lot, but a little bit. And he thinks there's secretly more of that out there. For every person who's coming to me going, I heard about that, that was so shitty. I know there's people who see me in the streets who go, that's the guy who tried to ruin that cafe. And so I know there's people out there. And so for me, the one thing I'm doing is like I'm, I'm committed to making what work locally. You know, that it sort of espouses the thing I want to see in the world. So I feel like I'm creating the thing I don't see enough of. Well, I know it's been a year, but it sounds like he's at least able to move on from the whole Elmwood incident now. Well, sort of. It did happen on his birthday, so he kind of remembers it every year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here's Kamel on that, too. It's funny to do that my birthday will now on some level always be associated with that, either with me and my family or with the world. And I, I feel compelled through the work that I do and through the work that I've always done and, and, the, and by the dad I'm trying to be and the husband I'm trying to be to, well, if you're going to give this to me, I'm going to turn it into something else. So, yeah, we're not, we're not done yet, as I was say. like a pretty great way to deal with a crappy thing aside from all the bay area stuff he has a new show right what's it about oh yeah it's a travel documentary show where they fly him around to places where as he puts it either black people never go or you think a black guy really shouldn't go apparently he visits the kkk in the first episode (laughs) so it's like anthony bourdain minus the weird food and bad attitude yes exactly speaking of episodes what's happening on our next one julia we'll be looking at the endangered industry of showgirls and uh, getting a sneak peek inside a massive costume warehouse. Oh, awesome. Can't wait. Me too. See you next week.
This episode of Range was produced by me, Amy Westervelt. And me, Julia Ritchie. Special thanks to Nico Kallenbaum for advice. All of our original music is by the talented Mr. David Whited. If you like what you heard today, please consider giving us a rating on iTunes and hop on the Range Wagon. We're also available on the Stitcher app and on the website of our new partner, High Country News, at hcn.org. To get two free issues of High Country, go to hcn.org slash try-me. And if you've got a story idea, feedback on one of our recent episodes, or want to tell us the story of when you were kicked out of a restaurant, send us an email at howdy at rangepodcast.org. See you next week. Like I joked, it's one of my major credits now. You may have seen him on stage doing stand-up comedy. You may have seen him in the TV show Tony Bias. Or you may have seen him get kicked out of the Elmwood Cafe. Please welcome to the stage. <laughs>